four horsemen of combat sports coming to you live from Richmond, Virginia. Fight on! Hey guys, uh, this is Josh. Uh, we're doing a special podcast today. It's going to be a little bit shorter than normal. Uh, we have our instructor, uh, one of our head, actual head instructor, uh, Gustavo Machado, with us today. Uh, we're just going to go over a couple things with him. So this will be short and sweet. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm Joe. And I'm Andy. Uh, Gustavo here. Um, Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're the force from the combat sports, all right? Um, so uh, we've been trying to get Gustavo on for a while. So uh, things just perfect storm that just lined up uh, for this one today. Uh, we just had a, a seminar. Um, and we we're going to ask Gustavo a few things. So, uh, Gustavo, can you tell us about yourself, please? Well, I started Jiu-Jitsu. Well, I was born in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, 1974. Uh, I'm 44 years old now, and I've been training Jiu-Jitsu for 30 years this year. And um, I started when I was 14, obviously. I'm not good at math, but <laughs> I'm trying to. But uh, the thing is, is uh, I, I, I didn't pick Jiu-Jitsu, you know. I, I was, uh, my, my parents were getting divorced. I was 14, 13. I mean, actually, 12 years old, they, they sat me and my sister down and had to talk with us and blah, blah, blah. It was horrible. I mean, they separated, and I, I went, uh, one day I skipped, I skipped this, actually, I skipped school. I was 14, and uh, I went with my friend uh, Gordinho, Gordo's brother. He was in my class, in my, my school, and he went, he, he was like, oh, that's a, man, that was like a math test or something. And I didn't know. I would, I would definitely um, have a, a problem with that test because I didn't know what they were talking about, so I wasn't ready. So he took me, he said, let's skip this class. And then we jumped uh, the wall, we skipped uh, the test. And I'm like, man, I can't go home. You know, my mom is going to kill me. <laughs> you know, and, and then Gorgie's like, oh, let's go to the Jiu-Jitsu camp. And I'm like, oh. Okay, where, you know? No, my brother trained up there, I trained over there, cool. So, and then I got my bike. I actually, he has his bike, and I had a, uh, so I'm like, I, I sat down on the frame of the bike, you know, like old school, you know? And then he took me to the academy. On the way there, like 15, 20 minutes from the school to the academy. He's like, look, no matter, no matter what you do, don't shake the instructor's left hand. I'm like, oh my God, why? He, he doesn't have fingers. I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. And then obviously right now you're just saying, don't look, you know? You're like, look, you know? <laughs> They're like, man, I can't believe it. You told me that, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> so then we got there, man. And I got there and I looked on the mat. It was like 10, 30 in the morning. So man, everybody trained. I see Hansel, Halfie, soccer. Draculino, everybody there, all the older guys, you know. I'm like, man, everybody there, you know. So uh, that's where everybody is, you know. Yeah, man. Okay, so um, then I, some guy comes in. Hey, hi, nice to meet you. I shook his hand so nice. And then uh, he's like, oh, what's your name? I said, my name is Gustavo. Uh, he's like, oh, okay, my name is Jean. Oh, nice to meet you, Jean, you know. Um, He's telling me about jiu-jitsu and all, and then I noticed his hand didn't have fingers. Man, cool, you know, no, no big deal. I just didn't want to shake his hand, but it was such a charismatic person and friendly environment that I totally forgot about that. You know, it became natural like that, you know. So that's Jean-Jacques Machado, you know, my first instructor. And thank God I had my first five years with him, from my belt to black belt. 93, he left to America. 
took everybody. So after that day, that was a done deal. I didn't need to skip class anymore. You know, <laughs> I was there every night, you know, 14 year old and up, going crazy. I didn't want to be at the house anyways, you know, yeah. deal with problems there. Yeah, I'd rather be at the academy. Because at the academy, I noticed my friends that they are having the same problem. You know, or similar. They didn't want to be anywhere. They want to be there because outside was too dangerous stuff, you know. Especially in Rio, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. You know, but uh, that's how I started, you know. And, you know, uh, after Jean-Jacques left in 93, I was Popo Bell, just now Popo Bell. And we went to his teacher, Carlos Gracie Jr. That that year was the, the creation of Gracie Barra, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't Gracie Barra, it was Barra Gracie. Yeah. You know, that was uh, completely different than what it is right now. But I was in the first string, I remember, vivid, you know, that was 93. And then I left Brazil, 98. I was four years brown belt already. In 2000, my my instructor promoted me to black belt in Virginia. So I feel like, you know, that was yesterday, but that was almost 19 years ago to, you know, as a black belt now. We have all these, these good students to train with now, you know, so I, that's how I keep up my jiu-jitsu. You mm-hmm. know? Now, how did you uh, decide to actually start your own academy? I was teaching already in Brazil as a purple belt, you know. I already had my, uh, so I, I went to Carlinhos one time and I was like, man, I was like 18, 19 years old actually, 19, and purple belt. And he was like, I said, you know, ask for a discount on the, because the, my parents, they, you know, they were having problems and the money wasn't there. And jiu-jitsu back then, it was for elite, you know, it was like, very expensive. Still a little bit, you know, I mean, it's not it's not that bad now. Before, it was a lot of money for mm-hmm. us to train. So my parents had to pay my tuition. Um, so then I, I, I was like, man, you know, I need to do something. I went over there and I asked him, you know, I asked him about... Um, uh, how, how can if you could give me a help, help me out because I didn't want to stop you know I was already purple bell and I maybe that was it I, that was I would not know what would be my future I don't I did not know I couldn't see myself anymore without jiu jitsu um, you guys can relate to that it's so easy to mm-hmm. relate you yeah. know after a couple of years man but um, uh, I asked for a discount and he ended up you know you know why don't you start teaching the kids you know I'm like oh sure. Uh, thank you. So then I started teaching the kid, but they, they didn't give me a discount. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm teaching here in your academy. He's like, no, I told you, you could ha- teach in your condominium there, in your place, because it's in neighborhood. But my, my condominium was a house condominium. So it was like 150 houses uh-huh. in the same uh, first street, second street, you know, like in, in, uh, indoor, like a fancy condominium. Mm-hmm. Big, you know. So I was a lot of kids. So then my father actually uh, bought my first match from a fr- my friend soccer. He's Abu Dhabi champion. He was one of my mentors there. Uh, and now he's in Long he's in Long Island now. But uh, he actually showed me the real tatamis, you know, the green ones with the uh, you know Japanese ones. The ones that used to we used to have at the academy there. But and I got that and I started teaching at the academy at my. A couple of kids there, and then after that, I started teaching. Somebody asked me to teach in their place, it was in Baja still. So I would, I would te- learn the technique at Grace Baja and ride my motorcycle all the way to teach at 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. at my academy. My academy, it was a, 
uh, sports, uh, like a indoor kind of uh, complex. Like they had like a squash, they had you know um, tennis, they had it was like a luxury sports thing. Right. But they had a space for mats, so I had mats. So they're like, let's negotiate. We have a bunch of people that want jujitsu. I'm like, I asked Carlinhos, Carlos Grace, and he said, do it. And I was like, cool. So then I started pitching. That's how I started. Five years after that, so 19 years old, like 23, 24, that's when I came visit a friend of mine in America um, just to visit. And I went back home, but the last part of my trip, it was last week of my visiting him here. Um, I got to train with a guy named Alan. He, he was a blue belt in Virginia Beach Academy owner, jiu-jitsu teacher as a blue belt in 98. Um, and he was a Campbell black belt, but he had two-time jiu-jitsu at his academy. And I, in my mind, I didn't understand how in the world a, a, a blue belt could teach jiu-jitsu having his own mm-hmm. academy. You know, I'm like, man, but I'm not judging. But I couldn't understand, you know, because I'm from, you know, I, I was like, I had to ask permission. I was already a state champion or purple belt. I was already, you know, blue belt you know, three-time national center. I'm like, man, I was already solid in results, you know, but not knowing how to teach. I was learning how to teach by learning and immediately teaching. Right. So yeah. I was learning twice every day. Man, so that's how I'm like, I, I see, I, I absorb a lot, you know, because I'm used to teach right after I learned. So it became, I started teaching that way. And then after visiting this guy, he invited me to start teaching there, so we got everything ready, and I went home, and I, I had 65 students in Brazil, and I did what Jean-Jacques did to us. Um, I, I walked everybody, I told everybody to go to my teacher, Gordo's Academy. Gordo was like three blocks the other way uh-huh. from my academy, you know, same kind of setup too. And then Chinguinha was uh, teaching on the other part of the neighborhood, so it was, everybody would Train from 5.30 uh, to 7.30 or whatever. And then they all go, Draconino, everybody go to their places, you know, teach. And I, I was kind of following what they were doing. But I was low rank belt, you know. So I, was, I had to be humble and, and foot on the ground, you know, like really um, down to earth, you know. Once that happened, and I gave everybody to, I told everybody to go to my teacher because that would be the best route for them. And that was a sad day, you know, five years teaching and all of a sudden you gotta go. And and I made the choice. It was a rough choice because when I got here, that was not what I was thinking. Uh, there was not, um, uh, nobody to welcome me. Um, the guy didn't take care of anything. Um, um, I was in America, February in Virginia Beach. Uh, did not have a place to stay actually. I slept on the bench behind the ODU gym for a month or two, two months at least, on cold, mm-hmm. um, homeless, you know. Um, and at the same time, I was washing, I got my job washing dishes all day on Hampton Boulevard, same as ODU. And I would walk after that, start teaching a jiu-jitsu class at uh, ODU. I was my first job here as a jiu-jitsu instructor. But I was, after class, I would just, Bye guys, whatever, just few guys, ten guys, twelve guys, you know, fifty bucks a month every night. 
and uh, Indiana. Right. That's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great deal for me too. But the problem was that they wouldn't pay. They were students, you know. Like, yeah. oh, I'll give it to your mom. I'm like, ah, oh, it's okay, dude, no problem. But then I had to cover my days like meals, you know. So I started working in restaurant uh, for four twenty-five an hour, man, under the table. It was horrible. Yeah, that was bad. They were taking advantage, but I I had three meals there. So I'm Did good. Food, yeah. yeah, man. I just did not have place to sleep yet. But I didn't want to ask anybody, bother people, you know. I was never that way. Kind of not proud, pride, but it's just I don't want to bother people, you know. And um, and then that was crazy. A lot of times uh, I would be sleeping over there. And people, I'll finish class and people, bye, bye, bye. You know, and then I'll, I'll walk around the gymnasium like 10 o'clock, 10 30 at night, man, and then find a place to, you know, crash. Mm-hmm. And I'll be sleeping there. Snow coming on my face, I'm covering. I had a jacket. My father gave me a hundred dollar bill. I only had a hundred dollars. Um, I had no bank account, no car, nothing. Else. That was not easy. But I was uh, um, uh, overcoming, you know. Um, nothing, you know. I know it's twenty years in America this year for me. So um, I know what is have what is to have nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, I will watch. People uh, finish their sandwich, Chick Fil A, right there inside of ODU, and I, because I was younger, you know, so I, all, I had friends in, inside there, so I would just go and hang out there with them on the wall, you know, at the gymnasium with them, mm-hmm. and the cafeteria, whatever. They even some of the guys they even give me my, the the code for the library for me, because yeah. then I will go over there and I will have an email access, or, you know, yeah, or yeah. something communicate. Um, you know, tell my mom I'm okay, you know. I didn't have a cell phone on that back then. I don't think anybody had much. But um, that was like a cycle that one night um, I walked and, you know, my friend Sean Macri, my first student in America, and he was like, so are you going to Rodrigo's house? The guy that was, that was supposed to be in his house, you know. He's like, I'm like, no, actually, I, I'm not, not a... I'm not staying there, and you know I couldn't find him when I came back. And he's like, "What? Where are you staying?" I'm like, "Let me show you." <laughs> Finally, I show him. He's like crying, man. You know, hug me, come on in. I'm like, "No, man. I, you know, no, I, I have a house, man. You know, I stay there." So I took my backpack and my gear, and all that. I, I was there, and he made me. He was actually the main guy for the Pi Kappa Alpha fraternity. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, life went, you know, yeah, right. turned right away for me because I was sleeping up in there. He made me sleep in his own bed and slept on the floor. Um, and I, I started having, you know, a little bit of peace of mind because outdoors, is, that was tough for me. Oh, man, in Hawaii, no yeah. big deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Not so much, yeah. It's a lot of security going, hey, wake up, dude. I have to go in the middle of the night, wake and go somewhere else. Right. Uh, I ran out. I now watch people throw sandwich away and go in the trash and get the sandwich. It's not yeah. easy, man. Not, not easy. Not easy. That's but I'm sure we all have stories like that, you know. But... I thought I had a rough life until now. So, Nothing, <laughs> uh, so you went, you came here with a hundred bucks. Homeless, probably the worst smelling instructor ever. Probably didn't smell good. <laughs> <laughs> you probably weren't washing that gear. No, right? I was actually washing my gear. That was the only thing I had. To, I had access yeah, to yeah, all the Take a little pride in that. And now yeah. you have 
you know, and basically a small empire of jujitsu studios. You have how many affiliates do you have? I have uh, fifteen affiliate schools now. Yeah. So yeah, how, how good does it feel? It Is it super good. easy to appreciate from being here? Yes, absolutely. Uh, there is no doubt. I appreciate every single one, you know. And uh, these guys, they didn't look for me, you know. They are uh, originally from, you know, where I am now, Virginia Beach. You know, they are in Georgia. The guys from Georgia, they would come to Virginia Beach. Now I have four feet of schools in Georgia. Wow. You know, but they are coming from there, like from Ken Hudson in America's Georgia, little town. He was a blue belt from Horse Grace. Yeah. So he would drive. I would go over there. So I would just easy in teaching and teaching him how to teach. He was already, these guys are already martial artists, you know. Uh-huh. But a majority, like Chris, came in as a purple belt and show up there. Oh, I'm not there to sell a purple belt, but I need a little bit more guidance and you're here and I want to talk to you. I'm like, okay, so I don't know if I can help you, but if I can, I will, you know. And he used to drive from Richmond yeah, to Virginia, Virginia Beach. Beach. Yeah, so paint the grass too. Yeah. Got paint the grass, walk in the grass. Uh, everybody from Carolina, Georgia's a little far, you know, yeah. uh, to drive, but Carolina, all the guys, uh, Rocky Mountain. Like yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, take the whole day off, basically. Yeah, no, it's actually nine hours from Atlanta. Oh, really? You know, okay. It's, yeah. it's a, not a, it's tough one. Yeah. But the guys from Augusta, like Bobby Wilson, it's, uh, he drives still these days. He's a wow. 60 year old man driving, <laughs> you know, black belt already, you know, yeah. of course, but I appreciate, definitely appreciate every single thing, you know, that I have. Everything comes from Jiu Jitsu for me. Yeah, so how long were you doing Jiu Jitsu before you knew this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life? Was it 30 oh, seconds? Gosh. No, <laughs> no. I, I went like everybody. I did not, um, I, I just didn't want to be at home. I just wanted to go there. Yeah. And I, uh, I, a routine, you know, I think it made me, um, made me like it, you know, and not, I never thought I'm going to teach Jiu Jitsu, ever. Yeah. Not even as a brown belt, black belt. I was, I was already teaching. So, like I was saying earlier, I didn't pick Jiu Jitsu. I think Jiu Jitsu kind of picked me and scooped me and carried me. And I was never, you know, yeah. I never be like, I want to be, actually, I want to be a diplomat when I was 12. That's how I started taking private class in Japanese in my house. Yeah. Oh, and I'm, and look at that, I married Japanese, you know. Yeah. Uh, Twenty whatever later, yeah. you know. <laughs> Thirty years. It paid off. I way. don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You tell me. She <laughs> 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 paid off. I threw the line there for yeah. sure. The only sentence I remember from all these private class, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Glad it was a good sentence. <laughs> yeah, that one one liner that you needed. You know, yeah, whatever it is, you know. Like the book is on the table, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I did not know. I just kind of went with it. And, uh, uh, how long? How long was it before you started doing seminars from just teaching your day to day class? Um, man, that was uh, my first seminar. That was in 1999, probably a year after being in America, yeah. because um, I went to teach uh, in faith. Actually, in, in uh, 99. I went to teach. There was a guy named uh, Ron Don Vito. Uh, actually, um, it's kind of crazy. I remember a few people in there, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was—he's uh, from Fayetteville, North Carolina, and him and his son had a school there, and uh, not Jiu-Jitsu Academy, but it was a combatants. It was uh, uh, what was the name? CCI, Close Combat Institute, um, Fayetteville. I can't believe I still remember that, but uh, good guys. I, I, he he kind of came he came in 
to Regina Beach, asked me to teach a seminar there. I went to teach a seminar, like a Saturday. And when I came back, he already said, hey, you know, can you come in three times a week? I'm like, dude, that's fit, dude. I'm just that's a, a five-hour or whatever drive. Yeah. And I had a van back in the day, you know. I got a van and somebody let me pay for payment forever. Yeah. I already had, in one year, I already had a room, you know. Uh, I was out of the code. I was already had a room after the fraternity house, you know, staying there for a few months, and then I, you know, I, somebody rented a room for me, I could pay up, pay for them, and um, I, that's when he come, he came in and asked me to go, so he offered me, you know, good money, and I'm like, yes, I will, you know, mm -hmm. so um, I already had initiated the process of teaching in, in an academy besides ODU gym in Virginia Beach. It was a Kempo Academy, and that guy actually came and I found it back again. And things are like, Oh, you're here, yeah, I'm here, dude. You know, mm -hmm. you got me for that, you know. So I started teaching there, and that was basically I started teaching. I was going there Sunday nights, man, by myself, drive to Fitville. They put me in a hotel Sunday night, I would be teaching three class Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, three class every day. And then Wednesday night, I will drive home and teach at the academy here. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then do it again Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, wow. for a whole year. I did that. So I earned good money. Yeah. Like whatever, a thousand bucks, 500 bucks or whatever. Yeah, well, no, that's, for that's me, it was a week. lot of money, yeah, you know. Every week. For a lot of money. Cash. That was so much. No yeah. taxes coming out? Yeah, I mean, no, I actually <laughs> know it's being already. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I work for the government. It's okay. Yeah. No, but uh, no, I actually, we had to have that covered for the work visa and for everything. You know, they were not allowed. So even though uh, it was like tough, the, you know, the, the visa and all through work, you got to wait forever. They apply for you. As a foreigner, it's not easy. For if for America to go any country the same way. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. You know? It's just but, hard to change country. Yeah, but but if you if you show that you're correct, you know, with everything, even yeah. though you don't even have nothing, you're still collaborating. You know, and I have, I always, I have conscience about that. Thank goodness, I had, you know. So then, definitely, I will, I, I was, uh, I had a chance, you know, in life in a different country. You gotta follow the rules of laws of the land, you know. That was my first priority: survive, food. Um, shelter and I had jiu-jitsu so that was a perfect gig that was my first seminar and then I started teaching in Pendergrass in Raleigh in Wake Forest mm -hmm. and they were blue belts too you know so and they would come in and that's it's not in Carolina then you know Chris came in and that was I start teaching seminars everywhere and now I, I don't have much time yeah, <laughs> yeah. but but it's a good uh, thing. I hard to say no, not for the financial part. You know, it's easy to say no if you think about money. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? To get to the point that you're like, man, I'm paying for my bills. I can sit down. Yeah. No, it's not. It's about everybody that's waiting for me there. Except it's you know, it's expecting to see me. You know, and I'm expect to see them back. And I still motivated by people. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's because of my instructors, you know, the guys that came before me, they're all motivated by people, not about money, you know, about people. Out of a sudden, they became rich, but 
that was a consequence of hard work. Yeah, yeah. you know, you mm-hmm. work, you look back, you're like, okay, you, I'm not rich. I'm rich in, in friends and yeah. family, you know, I help, thank God. But uh, seminars are a good thing to connect with people, you know, meet, meet you guys, you know, and I mean, so I love it. <laughs> so when you were competing, what were you known for when you were competing? Arm bars from the guard. Arm bars. Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> yeah. Well, I went two phases. Uh, man, but I knew how if I close my guard, my friends they knew too. My coach, they were like, "Ah, man, he, this guy gonna close the guard. He gonna catch his left arm." I'm like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> but if I don't, well, no, don't think that way. You gonna close the guard. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, definitely our march all the way up to. I mean, third years of Purple Belt was Blue Belt for four years, Purple Belt for four years, uh, Brown Belt for four years. So it was a long uh, process, you know, for me to, um, I, I went through phases, but I, I was always felt better for me in tournaments, from white belt to black belts. Can you give us a rundown of all the tournaments that you've done? And, Oof, yeah. You know, well, I know it's probably a lot, but just no, it was not got any highlights. Like, we, yes, the highlights <laughs> I do have. For sure, those are the things that we for, we, we normally forget, and the, the defeats you never forget. You know, um, I lost a lot in my life. I won a lot too. Uh, blue belt, 16, 17, 18 year old. That was a tournament in Rio. That was no IBJJF. You know, that was a tournament called Atlantico Sul, South Atlantic. That was the biggest tournament. It was our nationals back in the day. Mm-hmm. I won three three years in a row. Uh, blue belt. I never lost as a blue belt for four years. Never lost a fight actually. That was every month. There was a lot of little tournaments regional there. You know, as long as I close my guard, I'll, I'll be good. good. <laughs> so, uh, that was um, uh, purple belt too. I fought South Atlantic. Same thing. I took. I think I went to the finals twice, and uh, I mean. That was tough one for me. I got injured as a purple belt too, I remember, and it took a toll on my mind a lot. But I was still competing a lot. Um, I fought uh, Pan Ams as a purple belt. I came all the way to America with everybody there, fight Pan Ams. I, I actually, the highlight of that, I think it was the second or first fight in the Pan Ams ever in the history. I don't know. That was like one of the first, first or second. <clears throat> I don't know. So I know that. Uh, to come to America from Brazil just to fight a tournament, you know, I fought one guy first, and I luckily I jumped and I was high up and I lock a triangle. I was 17 seconds to meet the guy. 17 seconds. I was the fastest submission in the whole tournament. I was like, my gosh, man, so happy. And immediately I thought about the guy. I was like, man, that guy came all the way from Brazil, dude, to lose in 17 seconds in the first mm-hmm. fight. You know, so I had a lot of compassion. <clears throat> Still do, probably because of my background, you know. I, um, so competition-wise, uh, purple belts, I did a lot, uh, pen, uh, brown belts, I did more teaching, but I competed a lot too. I competed in Pan Ams, I competed, um, uh, I actually did two Pan Ams, didn't do very good, kind of lost in the semis, uh, and then got my black belt, competed a black belt, I was already in America, so I competed. Uh, Pan Ams, I went to the semifinal, I uh, lost to a guy named Leo Vieira, but before that, um, I, when I got my black belt, a month after I got my black belt, in 2000, I um, I fought Megaton Diaz, uh, he's Mackenzie Dern's uh, father, you know, yeah. he's, he was, man, he's still like, uh, 
I'm a big fan, you know, of him. He's unbelievable. He, he's an example for all of us. And he, I took a fight against him a month after my black belt. He was already seven-time world champion black belt. Was, he was already a legend, you know. And I got lucky and I got a draw and I won by decision against him. It was a tough match. Very, very, that was the toughest match ever in my life. But I, that was like when I felt like I belonged, you know. Because after a month of black belt, you fight somebody like that, yeah. man. That was the same. I was in Carolina, actually, in a super fight called uh, uh, Pro AM. That was uh, um, Hoyer Gracie for the main event. Um, that was like Terere, Matt Serra, Dean Lister, Leo Vieira, Shaolin, everybody fighting that tournament. So I felt like included, you know. I felt great and I did good. I was no weak. I won. And then uh, after that, for Pan Ams, that's when um, I lost the semifinal, uh, Pan Ams, and then took a huge hiatus of tournaments to develop academy, you know, mm -hmm. to have, I started, stopped being selfish myself, you know, just not what about me anymore, you know, not like nothing to prove or not. It's just, yeah. I just didn't want to, I, I, I had other things to do. I had to, I had my school, I had to pay for the bills, I had to. So my school, I was more coaching than everything else, you know. I fought one more, and then uh, a couple of years ago, I fought again, um, and I took second in a, in a IBJJF. But that's master division, you know, man. I I feel good about what I did. I still want to compete more, but uh, to compete, you gotta be very selfish as a teacher. You can't teach a class for them. You gotta teach a class, and you gotta. You know, you gotta train hard with everybody. Hard, like hard and for tournaments. You know, um, I, 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 I rather teach my students better, roll with them, and make them champions, which I did. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, yeah, so many. Yeah, you had a lot of students compete. Compete, doing good. Yeah. yeah. So I, I stepped back. You know, and I remember a guy named Ryan Hall. I was actually here at the Naga in Richmond. Me, Chris, and him actually. Ryan was like. I don't know, man. You have so many people competing here, man. And we were actually won the Naga here, right? Yeah. And 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 um, I was like, man, it's it's. You know why? You, you know why I have a lot of people. He's like, yeah, I don't have anybody competing, just me, and two other guys. I'm like, yeah, because you're selfish, you know, yeah. not in a bad way. Right. You have to be because you're a competitor, man. You are. Yeah. yeah. You are on it, you know. You can't be both. Yeah. yeah. I started early. I started. I was 14. He started. Jiu-Jitsu later, probably. I don't know. You know, maybe because his competition was first in his life. He had sports, so he had all that. Yeah. That's a different path, you know. But I explained to him, he's like, yeah, you're right. Because you cultivate your team, you know. Yeah. You make them, you're there. If I felt great uh, a couple of years ago fighting too with everybody. Yeah. Everybody there, it was great. So alive you know yeah yeah, it must be nice. yeah. <laughs> yeah you get the itch and yeah, yeah you get the itch yes you do ah. yeah those i think naga was probably my first big tournament like i had uh -huh. done good fight which was small not That's a lot of okay. people but that going down there and seeing all the gustavo patches people i've never seen before yeah but it's uh, pretty like, cool you still you can trust that yeah that's what my goal was always you know is uh people are from everywhere i'm from i'm 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 not from here either so I feel like uh, I have to, we have to embrace, you know, and if I, if there is a logo or whatever that can 
the term who I gotta talk to yeah. is easier in any language, you know. I, they could come in, but I mean, I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a really cool experience. For sure. I remember at the good fight turn at the uh, Naga tournament, uh, I lost my match, and you're like, Josh, you'll see that guy in the gi. And that was. Like, I, was, I, I felt really bad because I lost to that guy. And you're like, you'll see that guy again in the gi. See how he does in the gi. And that, like, inspired me so much hearing you say that. I was like, was epic. It's like, all right, I got this. And it was really inspiring for, for me to say that. Nah, man. It's an important. That touch, you know, that moment is probably culminated to a completely different fighter, you know, and a completely different way that you're going to think. Because I know how a fighter thinks. I was there. So, you know, I know that we didn't train much with the, without the gi. I didn't either. Mm. You know? like But but once you have that in, your, in front of you, you're like, man, I, I probably didn't know. There was no gi on it. Wait till you're going to mm. feel comfortable when you put the gi on. You're going to yeah. feel comfortable. And you probably did. Yeah. <laughs> I went in my division that day. So. Ah, you see that? It made it, I'm glad. A lot of people come with this kind of stuff too. I'm glad you told me. Because... I feel off of that, you know, yeah. stuff that people, I tell people, but it's a long time ago, and I barely remember. When you say that, I remember exactly when the morning. I still have good memory. Yeah, you know? that's one thing I really, uh, since I'm just a white belt, I didn't, start, yeah. I didn't even hear about, I mean, I, I watched the Gracie's fight when I was a kid. Yeah. I didn't know you could actually train locally. Yes. So I was like 39 years old. That's when I found the place. Young. And then, yeah. yeah. So you yes. come in. And then, uh, of course, you feel like family within a week or two. Like, you, everybody, yes. you become friends very quick. But then, learning from the guy that taught my professor, you yes. know, you, like, so yes. like you're my grandfather. Yes, I am. <laughs> getting to learn from Gordo, which is like my great-grandfather. It never stops giving back, right? Yes, you know, absolutely. That's the, what I love the most. And that's what I tell people when I, I tell them about jiu-jitsu. Like, it's hard to explain, yeah, right? Yeah. To people that don't do If you just want to come here and learn to beat people up, you're, you're probably you're not, not going to have it. Yeah, take anything fun. from it, you know? Yeah. You're not going to learn. A lot more life lessons to learn than just... Yes, yes. and I'm, I'm glad you as a white belt feel that way already. Because yeah. I... Well, I'm so old, exactly so what I, I felt. Proud, but you're, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, might be, I, probably, I might be missing that at 19, you know what I mean? Nah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was 14, and I was like, man, I just want to learn, want to be home. You know, yeah, I want to yeah. be there. And then you start bonding for whatever reason, you know. I mean, it really is not the age thing. I understand. I get it. I have a, you know, a 67-year-old guy train every day at noon in my academy in Fiji Beach. And I have a 79-year-old blue belt in uh, uh, Augusta, Georgia. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's trained every day. Little Japanese guy. So, so excuse so, me. No, exactly. You know, feel good. Yes. Some seventy-nine-year-old guy out there getting after it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's supposed to be that way. Yeah. He's ageless, you know. Yeah. But if you um, um, include it, you know, if you don't feel included, I mean, it, you're probably in the wrong academy, or you probably have the wrong attitude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some yeah. people don't stay because they have a wrong attitude. Like I'm gonna beat people up, and yeah, man, man, you, people are gonna. Tame you. They're going to tame you like a wild horse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, people that don't like to be humbled oh my goodness. I don't, are the ones who don't stay. Huge ego, I mean, right? of course, yeah. Other things, you know, who knows with everybody's life. But definitely, I see the people that don't come here for more than a month. It's because they, they want to tap somebody right away. Like, you know, it's going to take... Not going to happen. You're, you're going to get tapped at probably minimum 300 times. <laughs> yeah. before you week. The, yeah. <laughs> before you get to tap anybody. Before you yes. even have a chance. Yeah. Very good. I love it. So, I guess uh, last thing we want to just 
just uh, in general, what is like the biggest piece of advice you'd like to give to any of your students or any when you go to any of your affiliates? Like, like just that grand teaching moment that you like Man, to give. I, I feel like, you know, for me, it's crazy to be in this position to say something so valuable because a lot of people listen to me now. I'm like the, the old bottle of wine on the side of the corner, you know what I mean? Look, at Josh looked good. <laughs> he looked because you know, like he thought there was really wine yeah. over there. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, people don't, uh, you know, I, I what I have to say is uh, uh, you, you, you go to Jiu-Jitsu, you kill a lion per day. You know, that's how you got to think. You kill a lion, one lion per day, man. And most of the time you get killed, but you, it's like, it's like life, you know, that's the biggest lesson I learned. If you have, uh, if you have that determination every day to wake up, um, like I did and go somewhere and do that for a long time, the advice goes for everything, not for Jiu-Jitsu only, you know, that will do it. You can be, man, you can be, uh, I mean, whatever, a uh, construction worker, a student, you, every day, a lawyer or whatever, if every day you wake up thinking, I'm going to do something, oh, of course, you rest and take your time, whatever, but you have something to go, wherever to go, and, and work hard. I believe it, hard work is beats talent. That's a broken record right there for you. But, uh, you know, and I spe- I'm speaking... Know, to the choir here, you know, about Jiu-Jitsu. It's, you guys know, it's the advice I have is you got to keep coming. You got to listen to your teachers. You have to, um, you know, you really have to do what they're telling you. Um, the grip position, the, as far as Jiu-Jitsu advice, definitely follow whatever. Me, Chris, Gordo, me, Chinguinha, Jean-Jacques, there's a lot of uncles in that family, you know, for you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of uncles, you know. And, and grandfather is a... Uh, oh, I said grandfather. You're actually four, like three or four year, years younger than Chris. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. I don't, I don't, I don't want to spread I adopted him. No, no. No, I adopted him. You know, he was going to go for Pedro Sal. Pedro Sal is 60, all right? No, I don't know how old he is. But he's not 44. I'm 47. No, I, my advice is keep up. Uh, I, honestly... My father used to say that, right? And I carry this my whole life. I tell my kids this. This is my advice. Um, if if you um, if you if you there is there is a, a, every day you do you try to do the right thing, right? Try to do the right thing. Try to do the right thing, and not not every time the right thing is the correct thing to do. Okay, mm-hmm. so. Because the correct thing to do for that society is a label, or it can be the correct thing to do for them. But you know, no matter what that society or country or religion or whatever you talk about, or whatever, this is the right thing to do. Maybe that's not the correct thing to do for them. Maybe it's not the correct thing to do, but it's the right thing to do. For example, Shake people's hand, look them in the eye, say thank you, help them. They will accept the help. Uh, be nice to people. Uh, be happy. You have no reason to not be happy at all. 
We have no reason. Look at us here. We're sitting in the table. We're sitting over here around the table having a good time on the mat, man. You know, full of health. There is no reason for us to not be happy. So we should think about doing the correct, the, the right thing to do. But sometimes it's not the correct thing to do for the society. You know, so you, we all had somebody or a guy, a, a, a mentor, or sometimes the mentors are not my, for me, my mentors were not my parents. You know, right. my parents were busy working, and my mentors yeah. were the guys on the academy, man, Jean Jacques, you know, Gordo, these guys, they were telling me, hey, dude, that's not the right thing to do. No, no, no punch him in the face. No, no. Yeah, but in some countries, it's correct. Right. right, yeah. But it's not right to, to do. Stealing is not right thing to do. Raping is not the right thing to do. But some countries allow that to happen, right? Yeah, it's correct there, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's not the right thing it to do. Crazy, yeah. Right? It is crazy, but I'm yeah. not going to get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That business, uh, the wasp nest like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, we know, we know deep inside what is the right thing to do. So we continue to do that, you know. Uh, being on the mat, being thankful every single day, man. No matter what religion, what God you believe. If you ever believe in God, you know, I know I believe in Jiu-Jitsu. You know, I'm a godly man. I believe in Jiu-Jitsu. I did my first communion. I'm, you know, marrying a Catholic church. I'm, you know, baptism, the whole thing. And I marry a Buddhist. So is that the right thing to do? Yes. But is that the correct thing to do? Maybe not. Yeah. Hey, you, know, you see what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I follow my heart. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's the right thing to do. You know, right? That's that would be my advice as an older man. You do it. That is great advice. Oh, really man. Great Thank you, guys. That's, that's why I like whenever you get to come in and do these seminars because it's not just the techniques that you're showing us, which are Thank always you. awesome and keep me like Thank you know for months on end. I end up working a lot of that stuff, but just with the pieces of advice you give oh, yeah. to you know, this especially is my third after one too. I feel like. The more you come, like, you know, I'm, I'm we new. Have to do you, that, like, right. the first two seminars that I went to in Europe, I couldn't tell you one thing that we did. Basically, I know we did some yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but, yeah. so like, even just this you. extra talk to Kai part of me doesn't want to post this now because this feels like it's just for us. But, yeah. you no, know, but this I, is. It's for you guys. You know, yeah. It is for you guys. I'm talking to you guys. We, it's a consequence of having some recorders in here, you know, no matter. It really is a. We record it for memory, man. Yeah. You know, and see if other people want to. Honestly, advice, not everybody takes it, you know. If advice was good, everybody would sell it, mm-hmm. advice. You yeah. Know? And it's not it, you know. Advice, you give when you're nice, you know. You, you, I'm giving you guys advice because I, I believe in that's the correct, that's the right thing to do. And actually, it's the correct thing to do both, you know. Um, a lot of times people are like, no, I'm not going to show him that move. That and I remember back in the day, people were like, oh, don't show too much. My own. My own friends say that, man. They're in Brazil, like, yeah, don't show too much, man. What do you mean, don't show too much? I'm going to show everything I know. No, but they're going to do this and pass it. Good. I want them to pass my guard. I want them to choke me because then I get better. That's the only way, you know. But understanding that is the right thing to do. But for them, not the correct thing to do, man. Hey, American people are going to hold them. Hold no, no. That was it, you know. Yeah. True. The truth, it was it. You can ask anybody that came here 20 years ago. Nowadays, different philosophy and whatever. People do open math everywhere. It's a whole thing. It's a freedom, you know, that, that come with a lot of costs too. It's 
comparing right? a consequence of that right thing or not the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, right? I appreciate you guys including me on this, you know, and I continue, I'm going to continue to pitch in, you know, um, whatever, you know, whatever you guys need, you, you, you can count with, with the Uncle Gustavo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uncle, Grandpa, Uncle, Grandpa. Gustavo. <laughs> Uncle Gustavo is much better, man. Yeah, that's Hawaii, that, yeah. this week, Hawaii, all the kids. <laughs> Uh, uncle, I'm my uncle, because everybody's uncle there, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. Uncle, come here, uncle. I'm like, uncle, uncle. Yeah, yeah. we have a kawaii hat and yeah, everything, yeah. I know. Ah, oh, yeah. Yes. Thank, thank, thank you, you very so much for, for, for coming in. Yeah. Yeah. was fantastic today too. I, you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite part? Uh, just, I, just working the open guard. Uh, open. I, I do. My hips are really tight, uh-huh. so it's hard for me to work closed guard. So I always work open guard. So yes. now I got stuff. Oh yeah, I yeah, yeah. And I can suck back in the clothes. Simple, simple, yeah, very simple. Uh, I think it's gonna help me out a lot. Yeah. Right, yeah, about you? Uh, I was gonna say like the Kimura, but then I like how when anybody says leg locks, I get these weird stares. <laughs> yeah, at me. No, yeah, yeah. What is yeah. good? That yeah. hold was good. Yes, today. I loved it. That hold was good. I, I thought of Josh when I saw that. I said, "Okay." Here. Oh yeah, I'm gonna think about Josh shooting there when I said yeah. that. I was like. So I was like Good, good. Uh, I, I like just, I'd like just the, the variations on you know like the Kimura instead of cool. doing the traditional grip. You can just do the, with the, the gi with the lapel. I, I like those little differences because it gives you a, a different way of doing it. Yes. So yes. Uh, those are the ones I really I really enjoyed the most between that the the switch to the omoplata setting that up too. Yeah, just, that one is becoming my favorite one too. Yeah, yeah. just I having those know. variations too yes. rather than sticking to just the traditional way of doing it. it just oh, it's really that. cool. I agree with you. I agree with all of you. All all the stuff. I, I would not teach something. I don't feel like teaching something that doesn't work. You know, like I've seen it on on a video or whatever. I kind of actually avoid watching all that. Yeah. Because I want to kind of learn from not for myself, but learn from you guys. You know, I learn from everybody. And you know, every time I teach, I'm like, man, I'm oh, guess what? Come here, let me do this. Oh, you you still working? Yeah, great. You know, <laughs> but with the basics, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, definitely. Guys. Yeah. Back to the barn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, you want to take us out yeah, on this one? So, uh, thanks for uh, listening. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm Joe. I'm Andy. I'm Gustavo. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for listening and uh, fight on. Fight on, guys. Thank you again, Gustavo. Thank, Thank you, you, brother. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Remember to find the force for combat sports on Facebook and Instagram. Also, listen to us on ID.com and iTunes.